It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. We're live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here on Vison. The Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Fives, where you can catch me on Twitter at Vison Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. And on the docket tonight, we got Jeff Erickson, senior editor over at RotoWire. He'll be joining us in 10 minutes. We'll talk about tonight's Major League Baseball slate. I got to play on the diamond. Not the best performance that we had on Friday night, but looking to bounce back, especially with a couple intriguing games with the Chicago squads this evening. A lot of former players coming back to the friendly confines on the Nationals to take on the Cubs. I've got to play in that game that we'll discuss. And then in between, we've got some basketball series prices, odds posted at Bet Rivers. And we'll just briefly update the odds to reach the playoffs for those playing games, the spreads for those, and much more. Adam Amin will drop on, you know, voice of the Bulls, NBC Chicago right here, and also does a great job covering baseball and football. But primarily, we're just going to focus in on the postseason for basketball when Adam joins us toward the end of the program. And not only is the playoff basketball to look forward to, we've got some playoff hockey already started with a few games over the weekend. We'll take a look at the slate this evening and maybe even a gander at the games tomorrow. So plenty to dive into tonight. And let's get right into it with some of those odds to make the playoffs for the teams within the playing game scenario in the NBA. Now, you look at the Western Conference, starting out with the Lakers. The yes is still a big favorite for Los Angeles to make the postseason, minus 5,000 at Bed Rivers. The no, we're seeing at about 12 to 1. Their first opponent in the playing game scenario, the Golden State Warriors, minus $5 for Golden State to make the playoffs. The no, plus 340. So, starting out with them, looking into game one, Golden State currently catching about four and a half. Plus 160 on the money line. The Lakers at home. They're minus a buck 90. This total at about 219 and a half. You've already seen a lot of love go into the direction of the Warriors here. And look, I mean, the Lakers should be pretty healthy going into this game to have their full squad. But still, Golden State, I mean, all it takes is just Steph Curry to catch fire for one night to maybe not even win this game, but at least to cover this number. You saw it open at about six and a half. Again, now it's down to four and a half. Golden State seems to be the popular play here. But those are their odds to make or miss the playoffs. They're both big favorites to make the playoffs because regardless, whoever loses still has another opportunity based on the other matchup in the West, which is between the Grizzlies and the Spurs. Now, the Grizzlies to make the postseason, you're seeing the yes at plus 390. The no minus 590. Yes for the Spurs is plus 650. The no is minus 1250. So the Grizzlies here, potentially a lot of value on that yes. At plus 390, I mean, at that point, you know, it's realistically going to be between the Grizzlies and Warriors. And you might as well take the yes, plus 390 for the Grizzlies to make the postseason rather than the no plus 340 with the Warriors. But looking into their matchup, being the Grizzlies and the Spurs for game one, Memphis is laying four, minus 177 on the money line, plus 145 on the buyback for San Antonio. Total in this one at 222. So you're seeing a little bit of love in some spots coming toward the Spurs, pushing this line down to three and a half. But again, currently at Bet Rivers, you get the Grizzlies as a four-point favorite. That's the direction I would go as at this point. Haven't played anything, but I really just find it hard to trust San Antonio with all the adversity and injuries they've dealt with. And Memphis is a deeper team than a lot of people give them credit for. 
John Morant and the rest of the squad really just in good shape as of now. So uh, I like Memphis in this game, but again, haven't played anything officially. But let's take a gander onto the Eastern Conference. The Celtics to make the playoffs, minus 625. The no is now at plus 400. So we talked about it, I think it was plus 450, just saying throw a little bit of lunch money on it, and I did. And then it got up to 5-1, to one, and now we're seeing it at 4-1. to one. And their opponent in the first round, the Wizards, tough draw. Washington to make the postseason. The yes is minus $5. The no is plus 340. In their first game, as we're seeing this line, the Wizards, uh, I think they're at about a point, point and a half. Now it's actually up to two in favor of Boston. This total, a higher one, 232 and a half. And then finally in the Eastern Conference, the Hornets and the Pacers, we're still sweating out the no for Indiana to miss at about plus 260. Now it's minus 455, and the yes is plus 320. For the Hornets to make the playoffs, the yes, plus 450, and the no minus 715. And in this matchup, we see Indiana laying three in the hook Total at 228. Could be a good spot taking the points with the Hornets there. But there's just kind of a brief preview with some of the playing games. Again, Adam Aminu does a great job covering the association. He'll be hopping on the show later on to get his thoughts on this game and furthermore throughout the postseason. Once again, the show is Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live in Des Plaines, Illinois, out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook at Danny Burke 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter and tonight. On the show, we're talking baseball with Jeff Erickson in a few moments. We're talking hoops with Adam Amin as we are just getting into the odds to reach the playoffs for these squads in the playing game scenario. And not only that, we'll take a look if we have some time at some series prices with Adam. But before that, we'll still throw him out and tease him. And we got plenty of NHL postseason action to get underway with throughout the program later on tonight. But we do have a playing baseball that I did want to get started with. And just before we talk more baseball with Jeff, and it's going to be that matchup that we teased with a lot of familiar faces coming back to the north side here in Chicago. The Cubs taking on the Washington Nationals. Big line movement in favor of the Cubs here today. A Chicago opened up minus 125 as the favorite. At bet Rivers are up to minus 159. Total we're seeing at about eight. Slightly shaded to the under, minus 114. The man himself is making the start for Washington. The old southpaw, John Lester, his return to Wrigley Field. It hasn't been the best season for him to start things off, but look, that's not surprising based on the regression you've seen these past couple of years from John Lester. But this year, he's 0-1 with a 2.25 ERA. However, his XFIP, the true indicator that we always talk about, 4.70 and a little bit higher whip than you'd want from Lester, 1.38. Now, Elzelai's taken the bump for Chicago on the other side. Young pitchers actually had a pretty strong start uh, despite him being 1-3 with a 4.50 ERA, going deeper into the metrics, he has a 3.39 XFIP and a great whip of .88. So the Cubs just won their last 2 out of 3 at Detroit. Nationals just won their last 2 out of 3 at Arizona. And the Cubs have actually, as much as we kind of critique their offense, they have been doing better against lefties this season that, we're, that we've really been accustomed to. 729 OPS this whole season, which is 13th best in the big leagues. The Nationals against righties this year, they're 16th with a 697 OPS. Plus, the Cubs have been doing a lot better at home. A plus 26 run differential at home as opposed to minus 28 on the road. And we know what's happened with John Lester again with his struggles the last two years pitching at Wrigley. And just in general, he's kind of been a tough guy to back. So 
I know it was a tall price, but I actually laid minus 151 with the Cubs. I think this is the first time I'm actually betting on the Cubs this season. I've done it a lot with the White Sox, but I do think this is a good spot for the Cubs going up against Lester and some familiar faces. It's tough to root against them, but I do think the Cubs have the slight advantage here because I just don't really trust John Lester as fun as he is to root for and as big of a fan as we are here in Chicago. I think it's going to be a tougher outing for the Grizzled bet. So I laid minus 151 with the Cubs. Again, they're up to minus 159. The run line, you could get some good value, plus 130 or so right around there, plus 133 to be exact. So that would also be another option I would be intrigued with as well. But let's get more thoughts on this game with our main man, Jeff Erickson. Does a great job covering the big leagues over at Rotowire. At Jeff underscore Erickson is where you can follow him on Twitter. So, Jeff, we got John Lester, Kyle Schwarber, Starling Castro, another familiar face coming back to Wrigley, although it won't be his first time on another team. How do you feel about this matchup at the friendly confines tonight? I'm rolling with the Cubs, but uh, do you kind of agree or do you see this matchup differently? Such a narrative game, right? Uh, Lester's pitched well. He's got some career milestones. Of course, it's a homecoming. Is it a John Lester revenge game or is it a revenge against John Lester game? Uh, you know, that's, that's the question. But no, uh, Lester did a lot of uh, good things there, but you know, he's not striking guys out. Cubs bats have kind of woken up lately. They got Ian Happ back, and I think that helps even homered against the lefty over the weekend. And meanwhile, and I think this is the big X factor, Edward Alzale is uh, pitching for the uh, Cubs, and he's their best strikeout pitcher. He's, I think, the best guy to try, have a chance at shutting down the Nats. Uh, in this one here, I probably would like the under a little bit as well. Um, so that that's one of the reasons why I think I'm leaning uh, in favor of the Cubs on this one. Not a strong league, but uh, a definite lean. Yeah, and the under has had some attention, like you pointed out. Eight and a half is where it opens. Come down to eight now. Again, shaded to the under, minus 117. I think you bring up an important thing also with Alzali here because at first, you know, just he had expectations when he first came in, whether it was last year two seasons ago, ago I can't remember exactly, and he just really wasn't acclimated. He was the guy they needed to bring up, and obviously he wasn't ready. But this year he's looking like he's pretty comfortable out there on the mound do you think this is going to be a consistent thing you see from Alzali, or could it be just favorable opponents that he's had thus far? Granted, he went up against the Dodgers earlier, and I actually faded him, and the Cubs won that game, and he had a solid performance. Yeah, it's funny how that works. You know, it, you go back to a couple of weeks ago when, you know, Kyle Hendricks was flummoxing us. He had a two-start week, and we benched him against the Dodgers, started him against the Pirates, and we got whipsawed because it worked exactly the opposite there. I, I just like Aldele's uh, ability to miss bats. I, I think that's the reason why I'm leaning in that direction. All right, well, let's take a look at another Chicago team tonight, Jeff. The White Sox taking on the Twins. This time, it's in Minnesota. We just saw this pitching matchup again, one that we bet we're able to cash on with the White Sox because, look, anytime they're going against Southpaws, you want to look at the best team hitting against lefties, OPS-wise, in the big leagues. But Dallas Keuchel's been shaking, didn't have the best start in that matchup either, so it's Keuchel versus Happ. And the attention on the line has gone toward Minnesota. They're up to minus 115. The White Sox, even money is the dog. Total's been getting a lot of attention considering 13 to 8 was the final score in that game. Nine and a half is where we're seeing it. Do you think runs will come into plenty once again with this pitching matchup? It should, right? I mean, it, everything portends towards that. I don't know the home plate umpire is yet. I was looking to try to find if there's any sort of info to be gained from that. No Jose Abreu for the whole series. I think that's a huge issue there. Uh, it's one of the reasons why, you know, just yet another right-handed bat out of that White Sox lineup. It's amazing what they did to Hap last time. I mean, no, they had no Robert, uh, no Eloy Jimenez in that game, and yet they still were able to pound it. 
Uh, I, I I think though, I mean, you look at it's a way to get uh, your mean Mercedes and Yasmani Grandal in the lineup at the same time. Uh, they're playing uh, Jansen over at first base. Or, I mean, Andrew Vaughn over at first base, excuse me. Uh, and Vaughn's really heated up. That's the thing I like the most. Uh, they, they finally get to play every day. It's left well enough alone. I, I, I really like Vaughn, um, and I think that's the reason. I think I, I'll take the White Sox side of things here. Uh, the Twins just find way to, find ways to blow games right now. And if you're getting a little value out of it, sure, let's go with that route. Yeah, I, I'm with you here. I was very close to playing it, but just had some concerns because of this line movement and because they just went up against each other. But you look at half here, Jeff, and I mean a 5.52 xFIP, which is abysmal. And then Keuchel's not much better at 4.62. But I think at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, it's hard to trust Minnesota. And if you're looking at these bats at this point of the season, despite the injuries, the White Sox have been a little bit more reliable. Yeah, they have. And, uh, you know, it's just the X factor is the Twins bullpen, too. Uh, you know, Taylor Rogers has given up runs in four out of his last five. Alex Colomay, uh, who you guys know very well from his time on the South side, he, he struggled this year. He's now in low leverage situations. Uh, they, they've struggled to uh, close out some games. Yesterday is a perfect example of that. They got the lead on the A's a couple different times, and they weren't able to hold it and lost seven to six. And that, that seems like a story of their season. Yeah, Minnesota with a bullpen ERA of 4.85. So hard to trust Minnesota late in these spots. Let's take a look at a game that's going to have first pitch at 7.05 p.m. Central Time. The Rangers taking on the Yankees. Naturally, New York with Garrett Cole on the bump. A big favorite here. Minus 275. The Texas Rangers catching plus 230. Total we're seeing at 7.5. Look, these games are a little bit tougher to bet on just because of how big it's skewed. But any value in any kind of sense that you would see here? Uh, you know, my favorite stat of the year is uh, Garrett Cole's got three walks allowed all season long. Uh, I think it's just incredible. I, I, I almost think this is a sneaky under game. Uh, just I think they'll shut down. Uh, the, I think Cole will shut down the Rangers. And, you know, I think it could be like six to nothing, six to one. Uh, and that would that would get the job done. Uh, and, you know, the Yankees are missing a couple bats out of their lineup. Two Stanton's on the I.L. Glaber Torres is on the I.L. Uh, there's some hope that Stanton would come back. Instead, they put him on the IL for the next uh, seven or eight days now. So uh, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the underside of that, uh, and I I think that's where there might be a little teeny bit of value. All right, Jeff. Let's move on to 8:38 first pitch with the Indians and the Angels. Los Angeles opened up minus 115. They're up to minus 134. The Indians catching plus 115 on the buyback. Total a higher one at nine and a half. Indians just lost three in a row on the road against Seattle. Uh, this pitching matchup is kind of tough for me to want to lean one way or the other, Jeff. I mean, a couple southpaws who have been inconsistent, to say the least. Do you have a strong lean in this one? Uh, I, I kind of like the first five total here, uh, five and a half. I like the over on that one there. Sam Henkes has never been able to go five innings in a major league outing so far. Uh, Sandoval's kind of in there as a spot star, too. The Indians' tough hit, top hitters are can bat right-handed. Jay Ram's a switch hitter. Fran Mill Reyes gets to uh, get hit against the lefty. You got to like that. Um, I think this is a good chance to, that, that we see like a four to three game after after five. So I'll take the first five total on that one. I like. I think I also kind of like taking the value on Cleveland overall. Okay, so Jeff looking toward Cleveland, who you could get plus one fifteen and that first five over the steep one at five and a half. But again, these pitchers a little bit tough to trust as of this point. Uh, let's go into a matchup where there's going to be a solid pitching matchup with Walker Bueller and Madison Bumgarner, the Dodgers hosting the Diamondbacks. 
Now, Bumgarner's not the same that we're accustomed to seeing in seasons past, and the Diamondbacks are catching plus 170 here. Bueller, who's had a really strong season thus far, minus 205, total at 7, and it's still shaded to the under minus 115. Is this potentially another game you see sticking under the total? Maybe. I mean, Albert Pujols is starting and batting lead, uh, cleanup for the Dodgers today. He's batting fourth. Uh, remember, you know, Max Muncy is moving over to second base. Uh, Corey Seager is out for a while, uh, four weeks, maybe up to six. Uh, so they're seeing Gavin Lux at shortstop a lot. Uh, Chris Taylor is not in the lineup today. A.J. Pollock is on the I.L. You look at that lineup, and there, there's a lot of guys that you do not normally see in this lineup here. D.J. Peters is playing in center field. Uh, Sheldon Noyes is getting another start. They're, they're really down a lot of significant bats, and that's why you see the, the total so low. I'm a little skeptical about Mad Bones' uh, recent great run, but he is a pitcher that is on fire right now. I see why it's a low total. And, of course, Bueller, you expect him to be a pretty good shutdown artist here. Cool night out here in L.A., too. That's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, that maybe the ball doesn't carry. Chavez Ravine, when the weather gets cool, the ball doesn't carry very well. So I, I, I think that I think that total might be a pretty good low total on that one. What kind of impact do you actually think Pujols is going to have with the Dodgers? Is this just, just going to be more of a name type of thing? And yes, they've been dealing with injuries themselves at this point of the year. But what do you think actually Albert is going to be able to contribute? I think what it does is it gives them a chance to play Muncie at second base whenever there's a left-hander on the mound. Uh, Pujols, you know, he shouldn't be facing any right-handed starters. Uh, I don't think he will, but uh, they're just so short-handed right now. They're really strapped. Uh, and I think that's something that you need to see, uh, like see, and I think they want to see what they, what he has left in his bat. Now it's interesting that he's had basically a week and a half off, you know, they had had that 10 days for him to clear, you know, clear waivers. Obviously no one was going to claim him when he was designated for assignment, that contract prevented that. So, uh, but I, I think it's a chance for him to see, show what he's got left in the tank, if anything, and the Dodgers have an immediate need. I, I don't know if it lasts the whole season, but it might last for the short term. They've got so many bats out of the lineup right now, and I think that's why they're going that route. Speaking of lineups, Jeff, you tweeted about this team's lineup a little bit before the show. The Mariners tonight as they host yeah. the Tigers. Yeah. Seattle minus 180 is the favorite. Uh, Tigers plus 150 on the buyback. Total at 7.5. So explain us what the Mariners have three catchers in the, in the lineup. Is that right? No, the other way around. Tigers have three uh, catchers. Oh, in okay, the okay. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi's on the mound, uh, lefty for the Mariners. He's left-handed hitters are hitting 135 against them this year. So that's immediate death. So uh, the Tigers are trying some creative. They're, they're starting all three cat guys that are catcher eligible on their team or catcher that are catchers on the active roster. Wilson Ramos just came back. He's actually a legitimate back that Eric Haas is uh, playing left field for them. And he's also kind of a catcher. Obviously he's got a little bit of mobility batting seventh and Jake Rogers is batting ninth. They're doing whatever they can to prevent lefties from facing him. I find that to be interesting. It's not like the le uh, righties are crushing Kikuchi either. It's just that lefties just cannot ha uh, do much against him. Uh, you look at uh, the, the WRC plus by Tigers against left-handed starters this year. It's abysmal. They're trying to find a way to get out of this, uh, get out of this rut that they've had against uh, lefties so far this year. I get it. I still like the Kikuchi side. I like the Mariners side here. They're playing what, some good ball right now. Kelnick's back, batting first at the top of the order. Casey Mai is getting the start for the Tigers. Interesting. He's got some really good stuff, but doesn't ha that hasn't translated into strikeouts just yet. And I think his inability to miss bats will hurt him a little bit in this one. 
Yeah, I'm with Dan. We've seen big movement towards Seattle, minus 155 up to minus 180. Kikuchi's kind of a sneaky guy to bet on every now and then. It's just you need to trust the Mariners' offense enough to help you out, which typically hasn't been the case. But yeah, I side with Kikuchi here, if anything, over the Tigers. And then finally, Jeff, let's talk Padres and Rockies. San Diego minus 210 is the home favorite. Colorado plus 180 on the buyback. Six and a half is where the total stands. Any strong thoughts on this mm -hmm. final matchup of the night? Uh, well, you know, the thing about San Diego is that they're losing hitters like Spinal Trap lost drummers. I mean, it's just crazy. Every time you turn around, they've lost another hitter to the IL or to the COVID IL. Uh, they swept the Cardinals despite losing five hitters from that lineup, four starters. No no Tatis, no Myers, no Jerickson Profar, no Hosmer. And yet they keep rolling. Uh, you know, Grisham has is, is been, you know, doing his thing at the top of the lineup again. I, I like that. I like what Cronenworth is doing. And, of course, Machado. I mean, that's a pretty good you know, start. Tommy Pham's starting to come to life, and he's a big part of that. Really cheap on FanDuel today, too. 2100 if you're trying to find a good cheap outfielder. Uh, you know, going against John Gray. John Gray on the road is a lot tougher than he is on the, at home, usually. Although, it's funny, he kind of has a reverse split this year. I think that's just a sample size and weather thing. I wouldn't put too much stock in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that that's kind of a fun, uh, they're, they're kind of funny. Minus 210 is a lot to ask, though. Uh, I don't know if I could... I, I'm not having a hard time betting that line. Uh, I probably just, if anything, I think it's just an avoid game for me. Yeah, not too bad to always choose stick away, especially with this Padres team. Like you said, missing some players in that lineup. Rockies, have, hey, they've surprised at some spots, but then most of the time they're still playing like the Rockies that we thought they would. Jeff, we're running out of time here, my man. But again, appreciate you taking some time to give us some good info on the slate tonight. Awesome. Thanks, Danny. At Jeff underscore Erickson. Again, it's where you can catch him on Twitter. He hits you with the best info and content for Major League Baseball. Senior editor at RotoWire as well. All right, we're switching away from baseball, talking NBA playoff series prices next, right here on VEASAN Sports Betting Network. most out of all odds with bet rivers daily hometown discounts on boost on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding bet rivers offers the most live streams of major sports instant payouts and only one-time playthrough offer valid in illinois only must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER not valid for any participant of the illinois gaming board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program get a hold of the daily hometown discount check it out betrivers.com Back at it on Rush Hour, right here on VCD Sports Betting Network. Andy Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. Big thanks to Jeff Erickson hopping on quickly to talk some Major League Baseball for this evening. We still got Adam Amin, voice of the Chicago Bulls. He'll be joining us in 20 minutes to look forward to the NBA playing game, series prices, and the postseason in its entirety. But let's focus in on one of those, and that being the NBA series prices. We've been very excited for this time to come. I love betting NBA series prices, and I think kind of a niche in general is just betting series. Like with baseball, 
if that would be more widely available, betting series on a week-to-week -week basis is always kind of fun. And it's, it's always a blast doing it with the NBA because you get either a lot of value or you get some of these that are just neck and neck in a situation like out of the East with the Knicks and the Hawks. At Bet Rivers, the Knicks, minus 103. The Hawks have been getting bumped up uh, to as high as minus 124 or so. But honestly, you've been seeing it quickly at a pick em, and you've seen a little bit of movement toward Atlanta. So in this spot here, look, we know what you've seen out of the Knicks this whole season, right? And that's been defense, defense, defense. They've been a team that's been such a tough out as of this point. And really, we've praised Tom Thibodeau so much. And it's just been the guys who have stepped up, like, say, a Derrick Rose, for example, who I think people kind of start, or not start, but people kind of forget about that. Oh, he can still be a solid player. And he can still contribute as a guard on this team. And we know how great Randall's been. And you know what the rest of the squad can do, like R.J. Barrett and the rest of the young guys. But Atlanta, for some reason, seems like it might be more of the trustworthy side to me. I don't know why. It's it, For some reason, just in my head, I'm kind of thinking that. Because it, it, to me, it just wouldn't be shocking if after all the hype New York had, finally getting in this playoff spot, a four-seed, great-looking team, they just get kind of embarrassed in the playoffs. That seems like something that would happen to the Knicks. But look, offensively, you know what Atlanta's going to provide. Again, this is a team that's had constant injuries, so the familiarity could be an odd thing in this postseason. So I don't really have enough conviction one way or the other to want to go minus 114 with the Knicks or minus 112 with the Hawks. That's actually what the prices are at now. Um, but, you know, again, something just kind of says the Hawks to me is where I would slightly lean. But again, nothing that really makes me want to go pull the trigger as of this point. Now, what about a series on the Western Conference that's also pretty close here with the Nuggets and the Trailblazers? So the Nuggets minus 120, the Trailblazers minus 105. A six seed for Portland, the three seed for the Nuggets. We've talked about this team in Denver with guests multiple times, especially throughout these past couple of weeks. We keep saying, don't sleep on this Denver team. Could be a team that presents some value. And for the fact that, hey, maybe only minus 120, could, be, could that be the side you look forward to? Absolutely. I don't know if I'm there with it. I, I, I do think the Nuggets probably come out on top because you got to remember, I mean, if this Nuggets team could still get the role players in the mix, yeah, Jamal Murray we know is out for the season. That's brutal. But look, against the Trailblazers, who have been a team that finally started coming into their own, it took them till the very end of the season. The Nuggets have been the most consistent team with the MVP guy like Michael Porter Jr. has been an absolute stud. And, you know, at the end of the day, who's going to stop Jokic? I mean, Nurkic isn't really going to be doing that. Cantor can only do so much. So he's still going to have a field day. This is probably a series, though, where I'd rather just go by a game-by-game -game basis rather than doing anything with the series. And same goes with the Knicks and the Hawks. Now going into the series prices that are a little bit chalkier, the Bucks and the Heat. Milwaukee is the three seed. They're about minus 295 against Miami, plus 225. If there was a team that I would take, you know, as at this point with what we see with the series prices, if there was a team that I would take some value on, they could be the Heat at plus 225. It's not saying that I'm just really high in the Heat, but I've been pretty adamant that I'm not this big on Milwaukee as at this point. And Miami has the experience. They have the depth there enough to compete and limit Milwaukee's offensive threats. So, look, maybe the Heat don't win it, but you could take a flyer with the exact prices, which we'll get into a little bit more tomorrow. Maybe the Bucks, hey, they win it, but it's going to be in six or seven. That could be the angle to look at rather than taking the heat outright. But I think Miami gives them a run for their money. And then finally, out in the West, the Clippers is the four seed. They are laying $4 against the number fifth seed, Dallas Mavericks, who are catching $3. So 
me, it's going to be Clippers or nothing. Not going to lay the $4 again. That's where those Exacta series prices come into play, which we'll look forward to getting into tomorrow evening. All right, not only basketball tonight, we've got some postseason hockey, baby, coming up right away. So that Bruins game, about to have puck drop. We'll give our quick leans and on the other two games tonight. So stick around. Hockey Talk coming next year on Rush Hour. the English Premier League betcast for the match between Chelsea and Leicester at 3.15 p.m. Eastern, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. It's an EPL betcast. It's the best way to keep up with the soccer betting action live during those matches. You can join Nigel Seeley and Harry Samiu as they talk betting during the biggest match of the day. If you're new to in-play soccer betting, don't worry, because we'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. Check it out, vcin.com slash EPL. 3.15 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon. That's V-S-I-N slash E-P-L. Back at it here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, live out of the Bat River Sportsbook in Des Plaines, Illinois. Plenty of action going on tonight with baseball and some playoff hockey. Let's get right into the Stanley Cup playoffs because a game that's about to drop puck any moment is going to be the Bruins and the Capitals. Now, yeah, we still have are riding our 14-game win streak in hockey, and it kind of stinks because it's been such a bad sport to bet on toward the end of the stretch here. So it's been kind of crappy in that situation. So I'm looking forward to getting more action now with the postseason. And this game I didn't play but had a very strong lean toward Boston here who's looking to avenge that 3-2 OT loss they had over the weekend. Uh, Boston opened up minus 118, and they're as high as about minus 143 at Bet Rivers. Total we're seeing at about 5.5. Look, the, the big thing to keep an eye out for in this is obviously Craig Anderson, who turns 40 this week, by the way. Uh, he's going to be starting for the Capitals. Vanacek, he left during the first period, had a leg injury, so the team called it a lower body injury. I, I haven't seen updated status on that so far. But look, you're getting the third-string goalie in Craig Anderson, who seldom has played this season, 3-1-0 with a 1.09 goals against average, 96% save percentage. But again, he's only played in five games this year, including coming in on Saturday. Now, Tuka Rass still going to be taking the net for Boston. He has some familiarity in the spot. Uh, overall, 15-6-2 with a 2.3 goals against average, 91% save percentage, along with two shutouts this season. First, the Capitals, not the most success. He's 1-0-2, 2.6 goals against average, and just a 90% save percentage. Look, these guys split the season series 4-4. Four four. The Capitals... They, I mean, in my opinion, look, Boston sort of outplayed Washington. It was just one of those unlucky spots in hockey where you can outplay an opponent, but sometimes the puck just doesn't bounce your way, and that was kind of the case with Boston, unfortunately, and the Capitals still just squeaked out that performance to get the dub. I think the Bruins bounce back here, and that's certainly the direction I'd be leaning. Again, the market's been moving a lot in favor of Boston, up to minus 143. Puck is about to drop as I hear it on the big screen right here in the sportsbook, but Certainly would be looking toward Boston as opposed to Washington tonight. 
Let's look a little further down the slate in the hockey postseason schedule this evening. 7 p.m. Central Time, puck drop. We've got the Hurricanes taking on the Nashville Predators. Now, this slide started moving down away from Carolina. Seems like it's been slowly building back up in favor of the Hurricanes. Minus 175 is what we're seeing. Plus 148 is what the Predators are catching. Uh, total at five and a half, shaded to the under, minus 143. Over five and a half is plus 120. So these teams actually just played each other twice to end the regular season. Predators won both. They won 3-1 and then 5-0. Now, Hurricanes overall led the season series 6-2, but look, a lot of those matchups against the Predators were a banged-up Nashville team. So Soros is going to be taking the net for Nashville, it looks like, versus Carolina. He's 1-2-0. 2.73 goals against average with a 92% save percentage. And then on the other side for Carolina, Nijelkovic uh, versus Nashville. He is 2-1-0 with a 1.64 goals against average and 94% save percentage. This is, you know, it, when I was looking at this, I certainly gravitated more toward Carolina because the line was dropping down. And, and I get, you know, sometimes you don't want to go against that movement. But hockey, in my opinion, is a little bit different. Sometimes you got to take advantage of that. And the Hurricanes, in my opinion, are the better team. I know Nashville's been hot as of late, and sometimes you want to ride the hot team, especially in hockey, in the postseason. But now that it's up to minus 175, I'm just sticking away from it entirely. But I do think the Hurricanes have the advantage in this game and in this series. I think they win both. But again, the line got a little bit too out of hand, so I'm sticking away from Carolina tonight against the Predators. Now, finally, let's look at the other matchup this evening with the Avalanche and the Blues not looking good for the Blues here on the injury front. So, Heron is the third Blues player to be put on the injured list this past week because of COVID-19 protocols, arguably their best, uh, their best player on the team. Jake Wallman also out, the defenseman, and for Nathan Walker. So, this is going to be not the best spot for St. Louis, not only because of that, but in general because you're going against the best team in the league in the Colorado Avalanche. Minus 335 is what they're laying, plus 265. On the buyback for St. Louis, this total, again, at 5.5. However, it's closer to a pick -em. The over is a slight favorite, minus 112. The Avalanche expected to have Nathan McKinnon back in the mix, along with Brandon Saad and Connor Timmins. And Avalanche did have the season series advantage, 5-3. to three. Uh, Going out for Colorado, it's going to be Grubauer. And against St. Louis this season, he was 2-1-0. 1.68 goals against average and a 94% save percentage. Overall in the year, it's seven shutouts and a 1.95 goals against average, 39-1. and Just absolutely spectacular out of Grubauer. Uh, Bennington for St. Louis versus Colorado. He's 3-4-0, 2.9 goals against average with a 91% save percentage. It's, it's one of those situations where, look, I mean, Colorado is such a big favorite, but there's nothing in my mind that would make me want to bet St. Louis here because of the injuries they're enduring and just because in general how much better, in my opinion, the Colorado Avalanche are than St. Louis. So, yes, you could parlay it with something else chalky, either in the NHL or across the board with baseball tonight, uh, or you go with the puck and a half. But with that, with Colorado, you're still laying minus 110. You could also do the win in regulation, but that was upwards to minus 180. So, honestly, for me, again, it would probably be doing the parlay, or if you don't mind laying a little bit for the puck and a half, feel free to go that direction. I, I'm not necessarily a fan of it. But you could always take the route of the in-game aspect. Hope either St. Louis just keeps it close or that they get out to an early lead because certainly that's going to be a factor in so many of these games. And then bouncing back on the avalanche could be a good look to do. 
So that's really the only way I would go about those games this evening. I think it'll be interesting to look at the next matchup, though, for the Golden Knights, kind of in a similar situation where, you know, a top team heading into the postseason, they drop game one against the Minnesota Wild. And game two, I mean, if you look early enough, I'm sure this line's going to keep moving in favor of Vegas. But right now at Bet Rivers are minus 165. The Wild plus 140, total at five and a half. Of course, I'm hoping they win that game because we have the Golden Knights at 9-1 to one to win the Stanley Cup. But again, we're very excited for hockey to be having this, you know, big-time action coming back. Because, again, toward the end of the season, wasn't that fun to really look forward to handicapping and betting? Not as many opportunities. So I think that is going to change now with the postseason already here. Speaking of which, with the postseason, how about the NBA, too? Plenty of betting opportunities still to come. On the hardwood, Adam Amin, voice of the Chicago Bulls, joining us next. Let's take a look at those playing game prices, series prices, and much more as we wrap up a Monday edition of Rush Hour right here on Deetson. out of all odds with bet rivers daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make your experience even more rewarding bet rivers offers the most live streams in major sports instant payouts and only one-time playthrough offer valid in illinois only must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER not valid for any participant of the illinois gaming board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program get the daily hometown discount check it out betrivers.com Wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. We've been talking hoops here and there throughout the program this evening. Let's bring it back to the hardwood. Our good friend Adam Amin, voice of the Bulls. It does great work. NBC Sports Chicago does baseball and football as well. He hits them all. But we are in the midst of the NBA postseason, or right before it, rather. And we have some playing games to look forward to. So, Adam, let's get right into it, my man. Unfortunately, our Bulls aren't going to be in the mix. But... A lot to look forward to with the squad for next season. But as for tomorrow, let's start with some teams that you're familiar with watching courtside. Uh, the Pacers and the Hornets to start things off. Indiana really had a tough stretch to end their season. But we see them laying three and a half against the Hornets. Total at about 228. Look, this Charlotte team has is, is been a fun squad to watch with their young players. In my opinion, it's kind of hard to trust Indiana. But how do you view this matchup? Yeah, I, I think... Uh... Charlotte is so effective at the three-point line when they're hot. You know, I, I feel like they've been one of the streakier three-point shooting teams in the league. So, you know, you, you see that number, you see the number for the total. I understand that because Indiana wants to slow things down. But Charlotte, very good when they get hot uh, between Miles Bridges uh, and uh, what LaMelo Ball sets up for everybody around them. Devontae Graham has had a very good season. I think P.J. Washington is a very underrated uh, shooter, you know, still a young guy, third or fourth league, uh, third or fourth year in the league. Uh, I think they do very good work when they're hot. They can be as as uh, good of a shooting team and effective of a scoring team as there is in the NBA. And we know what they can do in transition when when they get going on defense. The thing is, Indiana wants to slow things down. 
I think they disrupt very well. T.J. McConnell in particular comes off the bench and makes life very difficult. We know what type of shot blocker Miles Turner is. So I think Indiana has more tools to try to disrupt what Charlotte wants to do offensively. And, and obviously, this is the most pressure-packed game of LaMelo Ball's young career. How will he respond when he faces that type of pressure? I'll be curious to see that. All right, let's go to the other matchup in the East with the Celtics and the Wizards. This one's going to be a fun one to watch because Washington's been such an exciting team in the latter half of this year. And it seems like their squad's really built perfectly for this kind of scenario with the playing game. And the Celtics team, you know, we talked about it last week and briefly touched on it today because they have the yes, no to make the postseason. And, you know, I was saying, look, the Celtics with the no at about plus 450 might be worth a little bit of lunch money on it. And now that's at about four to one for Boston to miss the playoffs. However, in this game, they are getting a little bit of a love, a little bit of the love on the spread. They're up to two point favorites. They were about one, one and a half, depending on where you shop. Total at about 232 and a half. Do you trust Washington a little bit more so in this spot? Or do you think Boston still has enough tools to get the dub? You know, again, it's so weird because these are, you know, these one game scenarios. So it's so difficult to tell, obviously, and, you know, losers done. But I've been really impressed, honestly. I, or this is the seven eight game. I know that, but like you know, the loser has to go to the the other game. I I've been so impressed with Washington. This twenty three game stretch where Westbrook has elevated his play. Obviously, they've done some of this without Beal, who came back the other night. Uh, you know, Denny Abdia got hurt. Uh, Rui Achimura stepped up even more. I thought that this was a really well executed stretch run, and it's mostly because of Westbrook. You know, it, it's very difficult to play with Russell Westbrook and not give everything you have. That's why a guy like Daniel Gafford, who was part of all those trades during the deadline has thrived with somebody like Westbrook off the bench. Cause he knows he has to give a hundred percent because that's what Westbrook does. I, I feel like Boston's offense has gone away with Jalen Brown. I know Jason Tatum can light it up and he is as gifted of a scorer as there is in this league right now, uh, especially in terms of shot making. But if Marcus smart is cold, if Kemba Walker doesn't feel 100%, if Robert Williams is in, a, a, you know, in the line, if you have to lean on Luke Cornett for a lot of minutes from the five spot, I, I, I have a lot of questions about Boston. These are the same questions that people have been asking for the last couple of weeks in particular since Brown has been hurt. So I, I don't trust Boston as much as I trust Russell Westbrook and Washington and Bradley Beal right now. Yep, completely with you. And if you're getting the points with Washington, that seems to be the best option as of this point. So I'm right there with you in terms of Washington and Boston. Let's look at the Wednesday slate. Grizzlies and Spurs. Memphis laying four. This total at 222. San Antonio, again, he keeps saying it, but it's really true. I mean, this team has dealt with a lot of adversity. They still have significant injuries heading into this matchup. And Memphis is a team that probably has a deeper roster that not a lot of people give credit for. How do you think this one goes down with Memphis as a four-point favorite? I like Memphis right now, and I know they, they had some rough games at the end of the season, but uh, I think what they had in the play-in last year was, was really important for them to get that type of experience. I think John Moran understands a little bit more of what he needs to do, where he needs to be uh, aggressive. I love the matchup down low. That's a really good matchup. Jakob Pertl. And uh, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, you know, I, I think Jakob has had a really nice season. I think Valanciunas is playing at the best, you know, the best level he's played at his entire career and obviously been given an opportunity for that. There's a lot of youth at, in Memphis. I think they can run. 
Uh, I know San Antonio defensively gets after it, but I'm a big fan of what Memphis is doing. Obviously, we've seen some some classic series between those two. I, I like where Memphis is at. If they can start running on San Antonio, I like that line where it's at right now. Yep, absolutely agree with you on that one as well. And then finally, the Lakers and the Warriors. This one has been getting bet in favor of Golden State and Steph Curry. Six and a half is where it opened. Now it's down to four and a half. Total at 219 and a half. This could be a scenario that fits perfectly with Steph Curry because all you need him to do is just go off for one night, which we've seen him do on multiple occasions, obviously. But this Lakers team getting their whole squad back together and healthier and only a four and a half point favorite. It's kind of a dangerous spot here, Adam. I, I, I'm, I'm torn on this one. Do you have any strong conviction one way or the other? Uh, man, I don't because it's, it's difficult to, to decipher it, right? Uh, I imagine this is why a lot of betters might, might end up staying away from this or, or not going as, uh, as big on a game like this because what is Los Angeles going to look like defensively if they're healthy? Because obviously when they're healthy, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. They did a pretty decent job. Not a great job, but nobody's done a great job on Steph when he's been healthy. They did a decent job on him in terms of his efficiency shooting the basketball. They, they've been about as good as any team in the league this year, making it difficult on him. So I, I, when it comes to a one game, and again, this is not for, you know, you don't get eliminated in this game. This is, this is to be the seven seed. Uh, you know, the Lakers have, have a little bit of ramp up time. And if, if Steph goes off, I still have confidence in the Lakers to be able to win another game against either San Antonio or Memphis. But if Steph goes off, which is a nice, to lean on right now right i mean based on how he's played the last five six weeks it's it's easy to think that he's, he can go off for one big game uh it's it's tough to decipher that so that's probably one that i imagine some betters are going to stay away from all right adam and then before we let you go just looking into a series that is already matched up with each other the knicks and the hawks this one basically a pick em. and you know you talk to a lot of people and it keeps going back and forth at least in my experience thus far who do you think comes out of this four or five matchup with Atlanta and New York? Ah, uh, man, I really like New York's defense. I think Tom Thibodeau, who I, I believe should be the coach of the year. I think Julius Randle should be most improved player. I, I've been blown away by their play. And I think defensively, especially Tibbs has a, a great mind for scheming against your best option. And Atlanta's best option is obviously Trey Young. And they've got interior presence in John Collins, but you know, don't sleep on Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's been an excellent uh, secondary scorer this year. I think Tibbs has a plan to take all three, uh, not I shouldn't say take any of them away, but to limit and mitigate what each of those three do well. And that's why I have confidence in the Knicks to try to win that, uh, to end up winning that series. Hey, that's what we love to hear. We are a big Tom Thibodeau show here. We're sweating out some Coach of the Year tickets at about sixteen to one. So we'll be rooting for the same thing. And not only because of that, because we love tips from being the former coach of the Bulls. So, uh, Adam, hey, keep up the great work, my man. We're looking forward to catching you, calling some baseball games, and then eventually football and back with the Bulls in the coming months. But thanks for taking some time tonight. You got it, DB. Appreciate you, bud. At Adam Amin is where you can follow him on Twitter. He's got a great Twitter game. One of the best when it comes to all the broadcasters out there. So be sure to give him a follow. And, of course, catch him on NBC Sports Chicago and on Fox Love catching his games when it comes to basketball and, of course, baseball coming around the quarter and the NFL eventually in the future. But with the NBA, you know, like Adam said, look, some of these games are so tough. And I think what's the thing that stuck out to me the most is, you know, this Warriors-Lakers game for the play-in. 
Again, the Lakers here laying about four and a half, total at 219 and a half. At six and a half with the opener, certainly would have gone with Golden State there, but at four and a half, I'm kind of just looking to stay away from it. You have a little bit more confidence, it seems, if the Lakers were to fall in this game, that they could take care of the Grizzlies or the Spurs pretty handily. But with the Warriors, you get Golden State matched up with a team, presumably, in my opinion, going to be against Memphis, who, in my opinion, will beat the Spurs. I, you know, it, it's tough to ask a little bit more so for Curry to take over for consecutive games and just be absolutely dominant. It's not that he's not capable of doing it. We haven't seen it before, but kind of like Adam alluded to, you trust the Lakers more so with their deep roster than you would with Golden State. So I think that's kind of an interesting angle to look at as well. But again, Golden State now catching four and a half in that game. But I think a good opportunity still, maybe a wait on it because it's been getting bet down. That Memphis-San Antonio game, the Grizzlies currently a four-point favorite, but some spots we've seen it go to three and a half. We'll see if that'll be the case at Bet Rivers. But I think the Grizzlies are a team that maybe isn't getting enough respect despite going up against one of the best coaches in Popovich. I think the Grizzlies should be able to take care of business against San Antonio. Again, that game on Wednesday night, the Eastern Conference games coming up tomorrow night. Of course, we'll be very excited to delve into, especially with that Wizards and Celtics game, 8 p.m. Central Time tip-off. So we'll lead you right into that. And not only that, some NHL postseason action as well. We're already seeing the Capitals and Bruins go off. Looks like Washington, I believe, is up 1-0. But in-game betting opportunities all throughout tonight and the coming days. Thanks for tuning in once again to another edition of Rush Hour. We'll catch you again tomorrow.